Trailblazing fam? Welcome to a milestone episode of the Empowered Millennials podcast. I'm your host, Angela Gentile, and um, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you head on over to the Apple Podcasts and write a five-star review. You know, I'm always so appreciative of all of that, and it's the reason why we've had such an incredible season and while why this episode is the milestone to mark the final episode of the season. So thank you, thank you. Uh, safe to say, I think it's a pretty damn successful season. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but personally, today is like one of those days that I use as a benchmark uh, to see where I'm at, how I feel, how connected I am to my higher purpose and my vision for my life, how much I've grown, where I need to do more work, where I need to kind of like reconfigure. And I just have today kind of serve as the barometer of my own level up, all right? So with that being said, I'm going to invite you today to do some work as well. So you're gonna have to get out a pen, some paper, cause I'm taking you to school, baby. Teacher Ange is coming in and we're gonna do some work. Um, so I'm gonna share insights and provoke you I'm going to provoke you to start asking better motherfucking questions about how you're living your life, what your barometer is, what your level up is going to look like, and how you're going to do that in the new year with clarity, with vision, and really having that center around what you want, not what you think you should have, not what the boxes say that you should check, okay? So throughout this pod and throughout this episode, um, I'm going to ask you, like, like towards the end, I'm going to ask you the questions for these journal prompts for you to do like at your own will. Um, but I definitely think having some quiet time to do this will be really helpful. And this is the process that I use with my clients and everyone in the 12 week inner compass coaching course. So that, you know, this is a really helpful tool so that you can release and get this information out of you, see it, connect with it and start taking inventory and looking at your life, not just as an individual series events, like this happened over here, this happened over here in isolation as if your life events happen in a vacuum. No, each one of these things as part of a, of a larger, more connective whole with your ass as the common denominator. All right, so grab your shit, let's do this and uh, let's dive in today, y'all. So welcome to the day. December 18th, um, the day that irrevocably changed and divided my whole ass life. Divided it into, into a very distinct before and a very hard after. And today is the eighth anniversary of my father's death. So eight years a day, eight years today, eight years ago today, my life was rocked when I got the call that my dad suddenly died from an aneurysm. He was on life support at the hospital. And like I said, as soon as I pulled back that curtain and I saw him with the tubes hooked up and shit, it was an, my life changed immediately in that moment. So not only did this like rock me to my core, like this, this surfaced <laughs> all kinds of shit I didn't even know I could feel or that were possible, just rocked me to my core. It spun me around like like a like a hitting black ice and just like spin out. And it spit out like all of these emotions, everything within me. 
and it truly was like such a gift in, in this in this most fucked up thing that's ever happened was truly a gift that allowed me to face my own unhappiness so this day is what started the ball in motion where something shifted, like I said, a before and after. Angela before just put up with bullshit. Angela before just accepted what was given to her. Angela before just wanted to please everybody. Angela before was checking boxes, being a good girl, and doing what she should, right? So this day, like, started the ball in motion, boom, like a switch. And this was the day where I was no longer going to settle. I wasn't going to settle. It's where I drastically like changed course and decided I was never going to do shit again that compromised me, that I didn't want to do shit that was baseless. And it's where I found my way out of the box checking, right? And the looking good on paper and these series of accomplishments of I need to do this, I need to have this, I need to go here, right? And I had all of this like bucket list shit. And I really traded all that in and started my journey inward to cultivate my own joy from the inside out rather than a series of things that I could check off on a piece of paper. And what a profound fucking odyssey this past eight years has been. So I want to share with you just some highlights of what I've learned through grief right? And, and just carrying this grieving process eight years out, right? There's a little bit of distance from that light switch where I am no expert, but I think I've learned a thing or two on how to carry this with grace, with humility, with compassion, with perseverance, with grit, with all the things, right? And still allow myself to feel like a human being and, and feel pain and feel all the emotions that come up. So I think the most important thing that I've learned through grief that I want to share with you. No one gets out of this alive. I say that maybe every other episode, y'all, because it's true. This is the only thing that I can speak on with fucking certainty. This is not a lie. This isn't like a, you know, a a pretend thing. This isn't, you know, a, a fictitious thing. This is the goddamn truth. Not one of us will get out of this shit alive right? We're all on borrowed time. We don't know when it's going to happen, but it is a guarantee that at some point it will. All right. So with that, knowing that there is a finite amount of time on this earth, like it's really important that we shift away from doing shit that doesn't bring us joy and into a life where we feel so connected to ourselves and connected to a life that we love. Because I think most of what we do, this is the other thing, like that shifted in me through grief. Most of what we do and call success, right, is just an interpretation of someone's version of success, like Plato's shadows in the cave, right? Are we really watching the things that in the cave, are they just someone's shadows? Are they just an interpretation? Are we really successful or are we just trying on and modeling and putting on masks with what someone else said is successful, right? Because someone else's version of success is one that like lives outside of us and will never be within our control. And like, I don't, hold on, I gotta get some water. So let me say that again. 
that version of success will live outside of us and will never be within our control. It's always going to be something that we're chasing and it's like a moving target. And I also don't want to get too conspiracy theorists, but I think that it's designed that way. If, if success revolves around going to college, buying a house, getting the shit, getting married, having kids, all of that noise really contributes to capitalism in the first fucking place, right? And that's kind of how the system is designed to get you to think that you need this shit in order to be successful and the whole world is structured around keeping the cogs in the machine moving the way that they are. But I digress because that is not necessarily <laughs> what this podcast is about. I don't want to go into toxic capitalism today, but you get the idea. It's designed that way. It's designed that way. And it kind of keeps us like drug addicts chasing a high, right? We're checking off the boxes. We want the thing because we get, we get a high, we get a joy. We get a numbness that maybe we don't know how to cultivate on our own, right? We're, we're addicted to the thing that lives outside of ourselves. And we've told ourselves that all of these things, this stuff is the pathway to success. So we need that in order to feel some type of way. Woo, and we wait and we wait. We wait for timing to be right. We wait for other people before we make decisions. We wait for, for permission to just grab life by the fucking sack and live it. And we keep telling ourselves, once I have X, Y, and Z, then I can start living, right? Once I have $1,000 in the bank, then I can. And look, like I'm not trying to, I understand that you do need like $10,000 in order to rent an apartment. That's not what I'm saying. But it's, it's assuming that this milestone of having this X, Y, Z, whatever that is, is going to be the thing that brings you joy, right? That is what's going to make you successful. That's gonna, what's going to bring you joy. Once you get there, everything's going to be fucking great, right? Because I, I think it's important to say, like, we set these things up. Like, when I get to this point, when I turn 40, when I have the money, when and when and when and when. And, and, and the question I want to ask is, what the fuck happens when you just run out of whens? There's no such thing as a, as a promised when. That's what I'm saying. Like, nobody gets out of this alive. Because I did this, y'all. I waited for when. I waited. Once I got my degree, I would look for another job. And when that would happen, I would be happy. When I got down to a certain gene size, I would find I would date again. I would find love and I would be happy. It's like the fucking giving tree. I will be happier once I leave teaching. When I leave teaching, when I find a partner, I'll enjoy my life. And all that kept doing, and I, I want you to sit with this for a second and see how this lands and see if maybe you're doing some iteration of this. I just kept changing the target. I just kept changing the when, right? Because I kept thinking that there are way more whens. And because the first when didn't really make me happy, there has to be another when will I'll actually feel better. So when that happens, that's going to be the when that brings me the joy. And I just changed the target, making new milestones, making new whens, 
and thought that that's when I would be happy, when I would be worthy enough for joy. So let me just state this. I waited for my father to fucking die before I took action in my life to change course and start living how I wanted to. Fucking the check boxes, fuck the little like bucket list. I waited. I waited and you know what? I ran out of wins. I ran out of wins to share joy with someone that I loved. So think about that for a second. If you're waiting on a win and you're waiting for permission and you're waiting for the if then, what happens when it when you run out of wins? What happens when someone else runs out of time? Then what? Then what? So my next question for you, these aren't really journal prompts, but I guess, I guess if you want to take it as one, this could be, this could be helpful. Why are we waiting? The fuck are you waiting for? Why are you waiting? That could be an interesting question to dive into as your first prompt here, babe, right? Because we wait on happiness and joy, waiting for something to happen, and then We can be secure, happy, settled, joyful, and enough for the next step, right? Like it's somehow stockpiling our worthiness for us to take on more joy and more opportunity. And that, my friends, is a little term that I want to introduce to you called the arrival fallacy. Yes, that is true. This is like a real term. Basically, it's like a, a fancy psychology term that refers to this like mistaken belief that once a particular event or goal is achieved, it's going to bring you long-lasting happiness, long-lasting satisfaction. Boom, I've reached it. Once I'm here, everything is going to be good. It's like if X, then Y, right? And what it really is, is the form of big time box checking. It's kind of the shit that we've all been conditioned to believe. Once I get my degree, I'll be happier. Once I get out of school, I'll be better. I won't be as stressed. Once I end this relationship, once I start a relationship, right? Like we can fucking arrival fallacy ourselves throughout our whole life and never fully experience joy. It's really how we've been conditioned to believe and it's been designed that way. So we buy the shit, do the shit, keep the machine running. So, woo, let me... I'm fired up, y'all. Just taking a little sip. All right. Um, Where was I? Mm -mm. Yeah, I just think people experiencing this arrival fallacy, or if you're in some form of this arrival fallacy, think that maybe it's like reaching a certain milestone, like getting a promotion or like a specific amount of money, accomplishing like this life goal will result in some sense of permanent state of contentment. And I think that's the thing that I want to like hone in and like hammer home is that once you get here, it's going to be permanent. But here's, here's why this is kind of bullshit, baby. It's all bullshit. The arrival fallacy and the box checking is bullshit because it doesn't work long-term. Yeah. These are just sudden shoot like shots of dopamine and like adrenaline and we're like yeah this is amazing and we feel it in the moment but it's temporary right staying here in this moment is not possible it's just temporary it's like a drug if I'm doing this thing or I've accomplished this thing 
to feel this way, then the only way I can feel this way is to do this thing. Let me break that down. If I'm smoking meth to feel high and to feel alive, then the only way to feel alive is to smoke meth. It's the rush. It's the high. And then, you know, anybody who knows anything about drugs, it's the tweaking that comes after. It's when the high wears off and we're starting to like, like the rush is gone and, and we're just unable to relive that high again. And we're faced with ourselves. <laughs> we're faced with the emptiness, the loneliness, the lack of identity. We can't handle this like stone cold sobriety of being with ourselves. And we're faced with the reality that our life kind of blows and that it's a series of choices that we make and we don't feel like we're ready to take responsibility for our lives. So we just have created another vicious toxic cycle and thus it begins right the chasing the seeking outside the you know the insecurity like all of that all of that forms with this cycle and i i think i think that this is kind of the similar thing and i'm not i'm not trying to like minimize or mock addiction in any way but i really do think the analogy works it's it's the same thing that we're doing when we're like used to finding a sense of joy and purpose is the stuff or things or accomplishments. We're always going to look for joy in stuff, things, or accomplishments. We're always going to look at the end result. Okay. And, and the arrival fallacy is really related to this like broader, like concept that people have the tendency to return to baseline, like level of happiness, despite positive or negative life events like we'll always come back to like a baseline no matter like our personal baseline no matter what happens we'll eventually find ourselves here like the ebbs and flows of the world there's always something that's unsustainable low lows and high highs because you know again this euphoria of reaching these goals fades and it's not to say that accomplishments aren't meaningful because I, I don't want to, I don't want to take that away. Like running a marathon, yo, that's a pretty big fucking deal. Making a million dollars, hell yeah, god damn it. That's fucking awesome. So I don't want to say that they're not meaningful, but the, what I want to emphasize is that the impact on like overall sustainable well-being really diminishes as we like acclimate and become accustomed to these new circumstances. So then what ends up happening, there's always gonna be this next thing. There's like, we check the box, we made a million, then what? What's the next thing? Cause it's, that's not enough. We gotta go chase that high again. What about 2 million, five, 500? You know what I'm saying? Like, where does, where does that end? Will there ever like, ugh, will there ever be like a, just a level of daily joy and satisfaction of, of I'm happy here, living in the moment, being in the process, or we're only going to feel joy when we're checking a fucking box. Because I had a list, baby. Oh, I had a list. I had a list of shit. And I really think I accomplished it and checked off everything in my bucket list by the time I was 31. And I'm like, I have no purpose. <laughs> Like, and I was miserable as a motherfucker. I was miserable because I had all these things. I was like, oh, I want to travel here. I want to, 
you know, backpack in Europe. I want a safari in Africa. I want to hike the Inca trail. I want to, you know, graduate college. I want to have a dope apartment in the city. I want to have a six pack. I want to run a marathon. I want to fuck on a plane, right? Like all of, I have not fucked on a plane, by the way. Um, how people do that, not on a private jet and you just do that like up in coach. God bless. Tell me your ways. That's amazing. But I did. I, I like point is I, I had a list and I was really like dead set on, on checking these boxes off because I thought when I would check these boxes off and I get this thing, I would be worthy enough and then when I felt worthy enough, cause I was like, look at what I could accomplish. Cause I wrapped my worthiness up in accomplishment. And if that doesn't resonate on your sense of bell here on your little ding, ding, then I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it does. But I thought if I accomplished these things, then I would be worthy enough to feel happy and to feel joy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned through just life and especially through my grief process that I want to share. The pursuit of goals, personal growth, leveling up is always an ongoing process, even with achievements, even with like milestones. All right. It doesn't mean that when we do that, like we stop striving. I think it's okay to have goals and I think it's okay to keep wanting more. But what would happen if we fell in love with the process, Mm. the process of leveling up, the process of goals, not the actual thing, but the process of how we showed up? Like what would happen if we didn't wait for shit? We didn't attach ourselves to the outcome. And I'm not, I'm not saying I don't want to make a million dollars or meet Oprah. No, I'd be lying. Those things are important to me. And I definitely want to do them. But what if it doesn't happen? What if it doesn't happen in the way that I have created the box for them to happen? Am I a failure? Am I a loser? Am I not successful if maybe I make my million dollars over a course of time? Or if I don't meet Oprah, but I meet somebody else, right? Like, I think it's about the process and how we're getting there and how we're staying true and connected to ourselves versus the thing. Because if it's the thing that we're chasing, and I'll say this, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not a box checking motherfucker. That's why a regular life of like house, kids, car, golden retriever, and a fence don't sit well with you because you're deeper than that. I Sometimes I say to myself, yo, I wish I was just like a dumb bitch and, you know, getting a job in marketing and living in a luxury building and having a brotastic boyfriend was going to be enough for me, right? And then I would be happy, but it's not. That is not who I am. I need depth. I need purpose. I need connection. And if you're vibing with me and you're over here on this podcast, I'm pretty much going to say that we're in that same vein, friend, right? So it's not necessarily about the shit. The checking boxes doesn't work for you. So it doesn't matter what boxes you're putting on your to-do list for 2024. That isn't the process and the approach that is going to work for you to sustain joy because you're deeper than that. Woo! You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, baby. All right, I need another drink. (sighs) All right. All right. 
So let's just throw this whole fucking arrival fallacy of like, once I do this, then all the box checking, we just like throw it in la basura, the fucking garbage can and focused on what we could control. Because again, I can't control if I meet Oprah. I mean, there are a series of things that I could do in the process that might get me closer to Oprah and that is what I can control. But like, I can't control if Oprah wants to meet me. Maybe she can be intimidated by me. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But we're gonna throw it in the trash can and we're gonna focus on what we can control, which is how we show up. What our process of success is going to look like, feel like, sound like, taste like, and just really understanding that this whole arrival fallacy is bullshit will help us just really support and recognize that sustained happiness, long-term happiness, daily happiness is found in the process of going after our goals, developing something within ourselves, growing personally, rather than the attainment of a specific outcome. Rewind this, put a pin in this episode as many times as this part in the episode as many times as you need. So again, we're going to focus on what we could control, how we show up, and what if our goals are rooted in the process. So here, I know, <laughs> I just really want to emphasize the journey of, of, of goal setting, the journey of your life, the journey of exploration. That's the depth, baby, that's going to set your soul on fire. Appreciating the present moment, just being just simply being in this moment. Like I'm sitting here on the Zoom call and I'm like, even in the back of my mind, I'm like, yo, I get to do this. I get to speak my shit and people are listening. And I, I know that I was put on this earth to have an impact. And I know that you're listening, having an impact. That's fucking wild. And I'm present and I'm aware of that. You know what I'm saying? So I think looking at this as like a holistic approach to success and well-being with what you need for your soul can contribute to this more sustainable and fulfilling sense of happiness daily, your daily joy and just like a daily space for you to exist in a place of happiness. So, whoo, I know it's a lot to, to talk about. It's a lot to unpack. So let's, let's unpack <laughs> our conditioning around this fallacy in the capitalistic version of accomplishment. I know. I know. And I want you to decide in this moment, and this is like what I do with my clients, like what, what is what for you? Which way is up? Which way is down? You have to figure out what is yours, what is bullshit, and you have to let the yard sale begin with your beliefs, your values, your emotions, your ideas. You have to let it go so you can figure out to what comes next and what you put back in. All right, so this is where you're going to pull out your pen, piece of paper, because here's your first prompt. I guess like the other prompt I asked you was like a, like a little generic prompt, but this is like the real work that I want to do today. So first question I want you to ask yourself is how do I define success? Just bullet points. I don't want you to think about this. I don't want this to be something that you're like mulling over. Just, I want it quick. I define success as, and whatever is first coming to mind, let that come out. I think that that's important. What are the things that make you think you've made it? How do you most feel or, or know that you're successful? What do you have to have? What will you be doing? Jot those down, all right? And if you need to pause here, you can pause here and finish this up. But I, I don't think 
if you're struggling with this, then I question if those are the actual ideas of success that you have. Because here's what comes next. After you look, after you make this list, I want you to look at it deep, 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 deep. Look at this list and start sussing out. Number two, why? Why do you want these things? Why is this success to you? Why will this thing or idea of success make you happy? And I even invite you to call your own bullshit. Woo, call your own bullshit. What are you trying to prove by getting this? What are you trying to prove by having this as success? I know. Call your own bullshit. Call your own bullshit. So then the next question that I want you to ask yourself and the next thing I want you to do is if you're finding that these things are just ways that you're maybe chasing happiness or seeking acceptance, validation, love, or whatever else that lives outside of you, next thing I want you to do is figure out who the fuck these ideas are. Who, who gave these to you? Whose ideas are these? Are they even yours? Who said that that was success? All right. So that's number three. Number one, what do I find as success? Number two, why do I want these things? And number three, whose ideas are these even? Are they even mine? I think sometimes we can interpret someone else's view of success as our own based on like some childhood shit, some deep wound that we're trying to fill. And maybe we're even unconscious about it. If this question stumps you, then this is some work that you can do with the coach like me or with your therapist. And I'm not saying that this is the case. I'm not saying that, oh, there's some traumatic event in your childhood. But when we're doing this work to figure out what really matters to us, we got to let go of the should. We got to let go of the expectations. We have to let go of what was inherited and bestowed upon us that might not be working for us. And we have to, to all my millennials, stop trying to make fetch happen, Gretchen. Maybe this idea that we've been given doesn't work for us because it's not something that we're really vibing with in the first fucking place. All right. So if it's someone else's interpretation of what success is in order for you to create, you know, whatever, let me say that again. If this is someone's interpretation of what success is, like you're not going to create a life that you love based on what you need. You're going to base it off of the expectation and the interpretation. So it's important that you create a life that you love with your version of success. So this is the final thing, the final prompt that I want you to dive into. Redefine it. Redefine it. Go back and repeat this process. Now that you're more conscious around success, I want you to define it for you. What works for you? What is your version of success? Not the expectations, not what was inherited, not the seeking out of acceptance. What does it really mean to you to be successful? What would be successful to you about the process and something that you can control? Because this vision and version of success is so crucial. Why, you ask? Oh, well, I'm so happy. I want to tell you. Because this is where you build. This is where you will build. This is the foundation. This is the foundation. This is like 
the place that you put into the GPS and build the roadmap from there, right? Like this is the baseline of everything you need to know. Because if you're saying that this is successful, then all roads will lead here. Everything you do throughout your process will somehow be connected to this. All right? Woo! Let me take a sip of water. I hope you can, Noelle, she's literally like next to me breathing into the microphone. This is probably going to be feedback that I'm going to have to edit out. Or not. Or not. All right. So what's next? Right? You have these journal prompts. Maybe you're like, holy shit, this is mind-blowing. I feel amazing. Maybe you have everything you need. That's fucking great. But what's next? Building your roadmap based on what your version of success is. That's what's up. I think the timing of where we are just in the calendar year is going to be really helpful as you head into like a new year because I think that vibe of like new year, getting your shit together is really powerful and it will help to set the tone for you. But I think, what do you want your success and what is that going to look like as you build your roadmap into 2024? Because if you have goals for 2024 and they revolve around some kind of outcome and have nothing to do with your purpose or the process of achieving, then baby, we got to talk because that's what this whole podcast was about, disconnecting you and detaching you from the box checking and having you get more heart-centered and more rooted into the process because that is who you are. You're deeper. You're deeper than Brad and Chad and Becky. You know what I'm saying? And this is where some guidance is going to be helpful. Just like I'd help you become more aware around this idea of the arrival fallacy of success and all the box checking you've been doing, I will keep pointing your blind spots out like the gangster that I am, like the big sister who loves you, the ones that you didn't even know about, the ones you didn't even know you have, so that you can have like yet another aha moment of clarity and truly get to the root of what you want, what it will look like, why you want it, what needs to heal in your life, and what we will co-create together, something ex- like that you need in order to live your dream life. <clears throat> I'm sorry, like I'm losing my voice. I've been talking, screaming. So I think co-creating that together of what you want for your life, as I point out blind spots and continue to prompt you with deeper questions so that what you're coming up with is truly and authentically yours. Because listen, I, I don't want you, I don't want you to lose your dad, man. I don't want you to have the profound moment through a fucking emotional ass kicking and through the loss of somebody you love. You don't have to have a major loss in your life and lose your fucking dad to be able to truly define what you want. You don't have to do that. I'm giving you, I'm like giving you the baton. I'm giving you a hand here. I'm trying to pull you up, right? So you don't have to have that kind of like knockdown emotional yard sale of your life through loss, through death. Like you have an opportunity. I'm opening the door and holding out my hand to pull you up. You don't have to do it. So you can book a breakthrough session with me. I think that that's a really good place to start, man. Uh, this is going to be the best, like, first step in ending that box checking, like the should, the expectation, and all the bullshit 
and get you to the center of your life making decisions because you want to, not because you should. So the link for that to book your breakthrough session, and again, 2024 is coming. I think this is a great time to set yourself up for success. The link uh, for that is in the show notes, and it's also all over my social media, my Instagram bio, TikTok bio. So it's all there because I want this year to be a bomb-ass year. 2023 fucking sucked, sucked. It sucked, and I feel really good and really connected to what's going to happen in the new year, and I want... I want to feel more deeply connected to my own process and my purpose and inspire other people and help them to do the same. So reach out, reach out, please. I am, I'm just, I'm just going to say that I'm going to put it out there. I'm looking forward to seeing the booking alert come up on my phone. All right. So let me just wrap all this back up because like I said, I use this day to reflect and I think it's safe to say that so much growth has happened, right? Imagine if I didn't take a risk and start this podcast, y'all. What the fuck would you even be doing right now? What would you be doing with your life? But for real, I didn't wait. I took a risk and I leaned into not saying, I want to have a fucking global podcast. I, I didn't even know. That wasn't even my, on my radar. What I stayed connected to was the process of connecting with some really dope humans, like, right? There have been some incredible guests on the show this season, telling powerful stories, like wild stories, which inspire me. And I know they inspire you. They're highlighting, like, just what happens when you take a risk, when you trailblaze some new shit. And it's not something I really like talk about per se, but it was something I was very conscious of, is I gave a platform for I would say 95% of my guests who are child-free. To me, that representation is important and it showcases like what life can be like if you don't choose that and you can really live a bomb ass and fulfilling fucking life. It just shows you like what's truly possible when you choose yourself time and time again. And that's what I connected with this past year. And, and I want more of that I want to stay even more deeply connected to this process. So thank you. As I reflect on this year, as I reflect on grief and my dad and loss and like what the past eight years has been, thank you for making the season of this podcast so fucking epic and just let it serve as a real living, breathing, existing thing of what's possible when you stop waiting and fall in love with just being and and with your process and with your purpose. Because I know my father gave me the gift of this perspective and none of this would have been possible without it. And I'll say it again, you don't have to wait for somebody to die to have this moment. I'm, I'm giving you the opportunity to have this moment now. So I'm grateful to feel joy like every day to do what I love to do, to connect people, to talk my shit, to tell my stories. And truly just detach from the box checking and be in my life every day. I love it. And thank you. And shout out to my dad, man. My guy. I love you more than anything. And I hope that how I'm choosing to live my life now with what you've taught me and how I stay connected to myself makes you 
prouder than proud. And I hope that whatever dimension that you're in, you know, whatever realm it's taken you to, you can somehow feel the power that I have, what I am capable of doing and what I'm putting out into this world. And I hope the same for y'all. I hope you can feel this. I hope you can feel what's truly possible and what can happen in a year. So you can have this day, baby, too, right? Oh, yeah, I'll hold you accountable. You know I do this every year. I'm going to check in again. So you can have this day, too, to serve as your fucking starting point. And you can look back with, like, adoration of the process that you've taken and lean into over the past year, right? We'll check back in December 18th, 2024, and you can reflect on, like, damn, look what I've done. All right? So let's do this. Book that damn session. Book the session, baby. All right, y'all. Thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of this. Holy shit. Holy shit. Thank you. And have a great rest of 2023. Reach out, book that session, and let's get it popping for 2024. Y'all fucking rule. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And as always, baby, go be epic.